Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. our series on healing today. We've been talking about the fact that God heals us, which is very wonderful. He is a good God. And we are going to start today with Exodus chapter 15 and verse 22 to 27. So if you'd like to turn there in your Bibles, it says this. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea And then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they were there for three days in the wilderness, but found no water. So when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah because they were bitter. And so they called it Marah. Marah means bitter. And the people complained, the first of many complaints against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. He cast it into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them and said, this is God. Actually, it's Moses. If you diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And then then they came to Elam where there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. Elam means palm tree. And they camped there by the waters. So... This is a great statute and ordinance that God spoke thousands of years ago to his people. I am the Lord who heals you right from the very beginning. Who is your doctor? Do you Google the best doctor on the Central Coast? Do you find out who you can get or do you just go wherever you can because it's flipping hard to get into a doctor? Or do you do it like what I do? I... I, I can't get in or don't get in. So I just ring Nikki. She is my doctor. So I just, sorry, I shouldn't have probably said that. <laughs> Poor Nikki. No, but um, she's available. She does work, but she's a nurse. So I just say, Nikki, what do you think? Or you could do what Linda Brady does. She used to bring her children to me. Seriously, like if they got, because we're just all trying to avoid Gosford Emergency Centre because, you know, you'd wait for hours and hours. So she used to come to me. I remember always coming with, a, with one of the kids had a massive gash. Do you remember? I think I'm, I shared this before. But who do you go to? Who is your doctor? Do you go to the best doctor in the New South Wales? This doctor here? Actually, it was quite cute because my brother rang me and said, guess what, I'm having knee surgery. Finally, getting knee surgery. I said, all oh, right. Yeah, what, uh, my Hudson's having knee surgery as well. He says, yeah, well, I've got the best doctor in the New South Wales. I went, well, so does Hudson. And he goes, yeah, well, I've got Dr. So-and-so. And I said, it's the same doctor. And so that was like, ah. Oh. So that was another good thing. Hudson and Hunter, my brother and my son, were able to sort of, you know, share knee stories and hopefully like a little bit of witnessing going on there, a little bit of loving. So God said this, 
I will put none of the diseases on you which brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. In Hebrew, I am Jehovah Rapha. Rapha is Hebrew for healing. I am Jehovah. That's one of his names. Yahweh, he calls himself, it's, they don't know how to pronounce it, so we pronounce it all different ways. But it's, it's I'm Jehovah Rapha. I am your doctor. That's what it basically means. I'm the Lord who heals you. I'm God, and we ha- he has a whole bunch of names. I'm the Lord who saves you. I'm the Lord who loves you. I'm the, you know, the, the Lord, your shepherd. But here he, he shows who he is because when God gives himself a name, that's who he is. He says, I'm the Lord who heals you. I'm your doctor. So you can go to the best doctor in New South Wales, and they may or may not be able to heal you. But make sure that you go to the your ultimate healer, which is God. He is Jehovah Rapha. He heals you. Go to doctors by all means, but make sure that you go to him. And so do you just complain? Do you just moan and groan like, poor me? That's what they did. They came to this bitter, difficult place and they just want to complain, which is very natural. It's certainly been a struggle for me in my life to not complain when I come to a bitter, annoying place because... I'm a talker, and so I just want to go, but we've got to go to God, not to complain, but go to prayer and go to Jehovah Rapha. And here's the thing, what I like about this story is it it doesn't actually even say they were necessarily that sick. We don't know. It just says the water was bitter. So I don't know if some of them drank the water and got ill. It doesn't really identify what the issue was other than the fact that they were thirsty, obviously, after three days of not drinking. But it was a bitter place and sometimes sickness can be very bitter, very uncomfortable, very difficult. And God said, I'm going to heal you. I want to bring you comfort. That's what I want to do. This is a statute and an ordinance, meaning that it's a specific decree. This is strong. This is what I want to do for my people. This is long before Jesus came and started healing everybody and dying on the cross for our sickness and our sin. This is... Early on, <laughs> it's my brother Hunter just sending me a message. I'll just, <laughs> he must have, maybe saying, I'm watching you. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So, but what I love about this is that what it, it's kind of almost like whatever it is that's making you bitter, and it may be sickness, it might be something else. It might be sickness in your soul or sadness or family issues, <laughs> whatever. He wants to take us from a bitter place to a sweet place and that's the journey of healing that's what he wants to do and that's what we've been talking about for the last few weeks he wants to take us to this sweet place that he he doesn't want his children to be hungry and bitter and he doesn't want our lives to be miserable and horrible challenging yeah it's challenging sometimes life it is challenging and we have to grow but he wants us to come to a sweet place in every single area he wants us to take that journey so i really encourage you to be determined to take that journey like hudson was talking about be determined to persevere if you're still in a place that feels bitter or sad or miserable then you're not there yet because he wants to he wants to lay a table before us in the presence of our enemies the enemies don't always go away but the ta- he wants us to experience that blessing, that table, and go, you know what? Yep, I've got all this stuff going on, but life is great. Why is it great? Because I'm in this sweet place. What is that sweet place? That sweet place is with him. It really is. It really is. It's with him. You spend time praying. You spend time worshipping. Get out your guitar. Put on your music. 
And you can come to a sweet place. You go, ah, there it is. I've got that sweet place. So when we talk about healing, I want to just go through some of the things that we've looked at and say, so what do we do? What do we do? We know that God wants to heal us. We know he's Jehovah Rapha. We've, last week we looked at, well, Ian was here last week, but before that we looked about, at, about fighting. We looked about removing obstacles that could be in the way. So I just want to go through a few things that you can do to be healed. And the very first thing is, which Chris preached about, is to believe, have faith, and keep believing. Luke 8.50, Jesus said to Jairus, whose daughter was sick, he said this, don't be afraid only believe and she will be made well. That scripture really spoke to me. He was waiting. Jairus says, Jesus, please come do something for my daughter. She's sick. She's sick. Please come, come, come. Please come. And Jesus is coming. It's like, okay, I'm coming. And then they come up to Jairus and they say, forget it. She's dead. She's dead. Like it's, <laughs> I mean, you, you sort of sometimes feel like maybe it's a bit late or maybe this sickness has been going on for too long. Like dead, that's... That's bad when it comes to sickness. That's <laughs> pretty bad. But Jesus at that point said, don't be afraid, only believe. Even when it seems too long or past too long, like we're done, it's, it's over now. He's saying, no, no, no. Keep believing. Keep believing. And he did. He went and healed Jairus' daughter. He healed her. Jesus healed all the time constantly it's one of the things he loved to do he loved doing miracles and he keeps healing today and we've got to keep believing that we look in the new testament we see healing after healing after healing there is i have shared this before but it fascinates me 500 verses in the new testament about healing that's equal to about 14 average chapters in the bible devoted to his healing ministry that's more space given to that subject than any other subject in the Bible. It's a really big deal because it's a great way to, for God to show us his love, his power. He loves us and he wants us to see that. And when we're sick, it, it's hard to focus on other things. He wants us to know that. He wants us to feel that love. So Jesus' healing ministry continues today. It didn't stop. He's still healing. We keep hearing about healings. Yes, sometimes we go to doctors, but we just... We just see all different ways and we need to stay in faith about that. We have praise reports and sometimes I go through them. I've just been going through them lately, reading them and being encouraged because you can sometimes get that feeling, oh, there's not much happening here. Do you ever get that feeling? It's a very interesting thing. There's something about good news in our society that is suppressed and bad news is elevated. And I don't know what that is. Obviously, it's on the news all the time, all the bad news. But we, we remember bad things. Remember someone died. Remember this. And, but there's so many accounts of healing in our life, in my life, in this church. And we can sort of like forget them. It's an interesting thing. And so we have to magnify the Lord. We have to publicize what he is doing and what, how much he already has done. And remember that and focus on that. Because otherwise we can get this idea of, oh, people just don't get healed much or it's just in Africa. You know, Craig Stevens came back and said, oh, I was praying for blind people and they could see. And I'm like, I want to see that happen. And I do. But we also want to remember all the good things that God has done. I've just got a list here. I'm going to read some of these things. This is just a list from, our, from this church. 
endometriosis has disappeared, extreme headaches have gone, knees instantly healed, reattached hands healed of massive pain. A number of lumps have disappeared. A number of doctors have been confused. Cancer diagnosis has been changed. We've literally had people come in and say, crying, I have cancer, pray for me. And we prayed for them. And then they've gone back and done more tests and the doctors go, oh, no, you don't. You don't have cancer. And that's a big thing for a doctor to say you do and then you don't. We like confusing doctors. Kidney stones have disappeared. Polycystic ovarian syndrome has gone so that babies could be born. A child was woken up out of a coma. I remember that one. That was so sweet. Nerve damage from cancer healed. Healing after nearly dying in hospital. Antidepressant free after years of depression. Morphine free after debilitating back pain for years. Healed of a skull fracture. Lactose intolerance healed. So one time we were preaching on healing and uh, we had this fun young person looking after the kids. It was a smaller kids group then. And she knew we were preaching on healing. So she went up and she goes, right, so we're preaching on healing, so God wants to heal you, okay? So is anyone sick? And someone said, one of the kids goes, I have lactose intolerance, I can't drink milk. And they went, right, great. So we didn't know this was going on. So this, they ran, ran down to the cafe, they got the biggest glass of milk you've ever seen, came back up to the, well, this is all during the service, came back, she brought, brought it back up, and then they all said, right, now drink it, drink the milk. So the kid goes, okay, and says, you'll be healed. So he drank the milk, this enormous cup of milk, and um, nothing happened, he was completely healed, and from that day on, he, he always drank milk. He was fine. That was the end of his lactose intolerance. And so then they told us about it afterwards. We were like, okay, good, good. You're sort of like, all right, kids, yay. <laughs> were, you, were you there when that happened? You're smiling. Anyway, it was very cute, very cute. Ulcers have disappeared. Blood pressure has been lowered. Chronic fatigue, all kinds of sporting injuries. I mean, we have had a lot of things have happened, wonderful things. And so we keep praying. Jedediah, who you might have seen this morning, amazing healings all over his entire body. He was declared brain dead. So we prayed that brain back to life. So this is what we, we believe. We, Jesus said, don't be afraid, only believe. Don't look at all the negatives, all the fear, all this, or what everyone says. Just stay in faith. Faith, I believe. I believe God is good. He exists, he's good, and he's powerful, and he's Jehovah Rapha. He wants to heal me, he loves me. He loves me. I'm a parent, I don't want my kids to be sick. You know, if something happens, I get them healed. So, keep believing. Keep moving forward. Now, you know, healing happens in so many different ways. Maybe someone just gives you a whole glass of milk and you're healed, you know. We need to move forward in all those ways just just keep keep going don't sort of stop so here's some of the ways that we can be healed the bible says call the elders of the church let's look at this james 5:16 is anyone among you sick so this is just james telling the church what to do okay very simple is anyone sick yeah let him call the elders of the church Notice that. And let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save, will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he's committed sins, bonus, he will be forgiven. So confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. Sometimes there's a connection between sin and sickness. Not always. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. So if you're sick, it says to be proactive about it. 
Get the, get the leaders and the elders. Don't, don't wait for them. I've had people say, you know, oh, I was in hospital and no one prayed for me. No one came and visited me. And I'm like, I didn't even know you were in hospital. Call the elders. Like, you know, it's not, it's not rocket science. Although, have you seen the little kids these days? You know how you go like that? You know what little kids do? Yeah, right. Some mobile phone timers. What's this? It's old school. Um, so, <laughs> so it's not that hard, is it? Call the elders. Like, be proactive. I remember once we had a healing evangelist came to our church. And I, this woman had, was very sick and her friend had brought her specially to be healed. And she was sitting up the back and she was like needed to be healed and wanting to be healed. And a friend was there and, and he had an altar call. He did all sorts of things and he prayed for people. But she didn't get prayed for. That's right. He had a lot of words of knowledge as well. And so then... I went up to him and said, oh, could you, can you go and pray for her? She needs heal, healing. And he goes, no, it doesn't work like that. And he wouldn't go. Because it was, if she wanted it, she needed to go and get it. I thought that was really interesting. I was kind of like, oh, you know. It's like, come on, go and get it. Don't just sit back and wait for something to come to you. Go and get it. Be proactive. Go and, go and do something. And I don't know what God's going to... I mean, I'm going to tell you a few things here, but you never know what God's going to do. I, I've shared the story before, but I just love it. It's worth sharing again. When I had really sore lips and they'd been so dry and cracked and sore for, uh, for a long time and I tried everything. I just... Every cream and lotion and I was constantly putting stuff on. I went, what's going on? It had a big crack. And I was telling a friend, I remember I was standing in the cafe and I was telling a friend about it. I said, I just can't, these lips, it's really bugging me. Like, they're just not healing and I'm praying and putting stuff on. And she says, I've never had that problem. I have great lips. And I looked at her lips and they were beautiful, very moist and lovely and just perfect lips. And the Lord, I, I'm telling you, the Lord said to me, if you kiss her, you'll be healed. And I'm standing there going... We had like kind of a moment, you know, it's almost like, you know, your first moment with Chris. I'm like, okay, I want to kiss her, but I don't know how to broach this. Like, this is awkward. So I said, I, I feel as if like, if I, like, would, how would you feel if I kissed you? And she goes, oh, she says, I was literally thinking the same thing and I didn't know how to say it. So we were both standing there thinking about kissing each other, like smack on the lips and, and fortunately the Holy Spirit had spoken to her as well like praise the Lord so there in the cafe we just smacked each other right on the lips not for too long you know just just enough to get the job done you know <laughs> and we kissed each other on the lips and from that moment on I was healed and I don't think my lips have ever cracked again I've never ever had an issue with my lips isn't that a, isn't that the cutest way like isn't like why? Why does God do all these weird... Like you read in the Bible, Jesus healed them like this way, this way, this way. I don't know why. He's creative. He just enjoys it. Maybe he wants... He thinks, well, that'll make a good story. Let's do it like that, you know? So he's just so fun. I've also been healed by a rebuke. I remember one time playing hockey. I went over on my ankle and I got a you know, twist in my ankle. It was really sore and it was getting all swollen and couldn't walk on it. And, and I got a crutch because, like, you know, I was really limping. It was really bad. And we had a, a, a meeting and I went to the meeting that night. And I just walking in with my crutch, like, oh, war wounds, you know, I'm a hockey player. I'm so sporty. Oh. 
you know. <laughs> anyway, I walked in with my, with my healing, my war wound. And, um, and then this guy, <laughs> he said, what have you done to your leg? And I said, oh, well, um, you know, I was playing hockey and da-da-da. And he goes, you know what that's called, don't you? Pointing to the crutch. And I went, no. And he goes, a rod of unbelief. <laughs> I was just like, wow. I was just like, okay. You know, that was just like a solid rebuke. And I don't, we don't say that to everyone who has a, like a crutch, okay, but... It was right for me, and I, I don't mind a good rebuke, you know, if it's a good one, and if it's in... I was just kind of so shocked. I just remember being shocked. I wasn't offended. I was shocked. I was like, oh. Like, and, I, and I remember thinking, oh, he's right. He's right. I have no faith. He's right. He's right. And I remember during the worship, I prayed and asked God to heal me, and he did, and I repented, actually. So... You know, God can heal us in many different ways and we've got to be open to it and have a soft heart with God. He can heal us with the, lay, obviously, laying on of hands, Mark 16, 18. I mean, you know, these scriptures, they're so blasé in the James one. Then the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. It just goes without saying. It's like, yeah, God, God will heal them. Where's the faith we need to have? That, the Bible says that. What is it? Like, not true? Is it, is he wrong? Like, what is that? This is why we need to go on this journey. This is why we need to keep pressing in. He says it. It just says it so clearly. Here again, Mark 16, 18. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. There it is. Just that's what's going to happen. So, you know, we talked about obstacles in a previous message. If there's something in the way, let's get it out of the way. Like God will show us. Because these scriptures, they're there. I believe the word of God. It's true. God is God. He's quite able to write you a letter and make sure that it's the way he wants and, you know, edit it and make it correct. So he's written this for a reason. He wants, he wants us to know that he is Jehovah Rapha. He's your doctor. He, he's a very, very good doctor. Very good. He never has, he's never had a case that's too difficult for him. He's never gone, sorry, this one this is tough or there's nothing much we can do about this. Everything is just like, bam, he can heal it just with a word. With a touch. All different ways. There's gifts of healing. People have gifts of healing. People have words of wisdom. Sometimes people have come to me for healing and I've just said, you need to sleep. You need to eat fruit. Honestly, I, re I went through a period, everybody had colds and I kept saying, you need to eat fruit, eat fruit, eat fruit. And then they're all healed. It was just unhealthy. We can be sick sometimes because we don't look after our bodies. So sometimes God will just show us that. Like just, you know. Drink some water, get some sleep. It's not rocket science sometimes, is it? Go to the doctor with Jesus. Go to Dr. Jesus. Go to the senior surgeon first, and then you can sort of ask the lesser doctor what they think. But make sure you've always got the opinion of the best doctor, God, before you get the lesser opinion. So if your lesser doctor says something like, no, oh, this can't be fixed, you go, well, actually, the senior surgeon said it can. So what are we going to do with that? You could say that to him. I know people that have, you know. I've certainly been told, you know, I, I, I can never remember what I've shared with you. You'll have, to, you'll have to excuse me if I say the same stories over and over again, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I had a physio say, well, you know, that's not going to be healed now. That's, you know, overuse. You're done. That's that particular little, I don't know what it was, a tendon or a muscle or something. That's never going to get better. And I just thought, 
what am I, an Olympic athlete or something? Give me a break. Of course it can get better. So I, I thought that's what that doctor said, but I, go, I always refer up higher. Doctors do have different opinions, you know, even on earth. They really do. One guy can say one thing, another guy can say something completely different. So who's, which doctor are you going to listen to? Number one doctor who can heal everything, who says they will recover. You will recover. You will get better. You never know how it's going to happen. Here's another story about my uncle John. He uh, had a, a really strong pain here and it was appendicitis. So he went to hospital to get his appendix removed. And uh, this is quite some time ago, so I imagine medicine's changed slightly since then. And, but they, they did ask their pastor to pray as well. Smart Uncle John. He was a man of God. He's with Jesus now. But he um, asked for a prayer as well because he wanted the surgeon surgery to be successful. And the pastor had this word, you should have peace. You should have peace. And he was like, okay, I, I, I do, I will, I'll make sure I get peace. And so he, he made sure he wasn't anxious about anything. And then the surgeon walked in and his name was Dr. Peace. Yeah, Dr. Peace. Now, I don't know quite about the timing of this, so I'm not quite sure how it worked, if he actually opened him up or they found out beforehand, but Dr. Peace let him know that it wasn't appendicitis, it was bowel cancer. But Uncle John was in peace. Either, as I said, I'm not quite sure of the story now. I can't check with him. He's in heaven. But um, it turned out to be bowel cancer. It was removed quickly. There was no problem because it was diagnosed so early. And he went on to live a very full life and live a lot, died of old age. So in the seven metres of our intestines, the one spot near the appendix, appendix was the spot that he was sore in that made them think that, they were, that he needed to get the appendix removed was actually bowel cancer, so it was kind of close to that area. And it's possible that it wouldn't have been picked up in the same way or so early, because bowel cancer's not always picked up so early, if he hadn't had that pain, if he hadn't thought it was appendicitis. It was just a whole God thing. They, were just, they just knew it was God, especially because of the word, have peace, Dr. Peace. So God is so good. He has all kinds of wonderful ways of healing us and working with us and speaking to us. It's just lovely. It's a lovely journey, actually, if we take it with Jesus. So <clears throat> press in to... That, that is just a few ways that you can be healed. Press in. Have a try. Just keep going. And maybe you feel like, you know, there's seasons where we, we go up... The, I know people go up the front all the time, pray, pray, pray. There's other seasons where we might feel to rest a bit. Like, we've just got to be led by the Spirit a little. We can't... If, if it's a quick healing... The great, we're healed. But if it's a slower, if it's a long-term thing, we've got, to, we've got to sometimes press in, we sometimes rest a bit, but never, never be lazy, never just give up, never just back off and go, oh, whatever. There's got to always be that little press, that little, that little keep going. Luke 11.8 and Luke 18.7. I like both of these scriptures. In Luke 18.1, it says, He spoke a parable to them that men ought always to pray and not to lose heart. Always pray and don't lose heart. In Luke eleven eight, we have the friend that went to, they, someone came to stay the night and they went to their friend in the middle of the night and said, give me some food. I haven't got any food for my friend. This is a story Jesus told. Imagine that. So someone comes to stay, Nikki decides to stay the night, but she's, 
playing around with her son or whatever. And then so she rocks up at 12 o'clock. And then I go, oh, okay, well, I'll just go over to the Gervins. No, they're not a good example because they would be so easy going. I'll go over to someone not so easy. <laughs> I'll go over to the ten cars and make sure Caleb's not around. Okay, but I say, okay, guys, like, bang, 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 because it's true. Because if Ellen doesn't want it, she doesn't even answer the phone if she doesn't want to. So, so I go over and like, bang, 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 bang. She's like, who is that? Like, just what? Who's that? Someone's at the door. Just ignore. Like, what? No, ignore. Who? Imagine someone going over in the middle of the night and saying, I need some bread. It's like, go home. Like, wait till the morning. What are, you, what are you, crazy? No, I'm not giving you bread. Just get lost. You know, it's annoying. But this, this person wouldn't stop. They just kept asking, no, I really need food. I'm not, I'm not going. See, I wouldn't go to the Gervins because they're so nice that Byron would probably be awake anyway. And, and Sarah probably, oh, Sarah's awake and she's already cooked the bread and they're probably just... They're just, that wouldn't work. This story wouldn't work with them, so they're too nice. Um, <laughs> so this guy keeps going, and then it says this, Luke eleven eight. 8, listen to this. He's like, I don't want to give him bread. It's the middle of the night. This is very inconvenient and quite rude, actually, isn't it, really, to go to someone's home in the middle of the night and ask for food. So he says this, I say to you, though he will not rise and give it to him because he's his friend, that's not enough reason in the middle of the night. Yet, because of his persistence, he will rise and give him as much as he needs. Because of his persistence. Such an interesting scripture, isn't it? And that word persistence, I love this word in the Greek. I just look at every single possible translation. Listen to some of them. Shameless persistence audacity, unabashed boldness, insistence. If someone is that insistent and that persistent and that shameless, it's like, okay, just whoa, what? take it. Okay? Now, Jesus taught this parable in teaching us to pray. It's very interesting. And he tells another, another parable similar, which I won't go into, about an unfair judge. The widow was the same thing, like, give me justice, give me justice, give me justice. And, and it's the same thing. So the unfair, the, the judge who's like, um, you know, unfair and wrong, and what's the word? I can't think of the word. He's corrupt. That's a good word. He's a corrupt judge. He's like, she's just annoying me, so I'll do it. So it's like, Jesus teaches us these parables about prayer, but, but God God is very just and very loving. He wants to bless us. He really doesn't sleep, so he doesn't mind if we ask in the middle of the night. So he gives us examples of humans who don't want to give, who will give anyway, if we're persistent enough and insistent enough. And he gives us examples of corrupt, difficult friends and judges, and I don't, I don't want to bless you. And he compares that with a God who's like, I want to bless you. I'm Jehovah Rapha. I'm so keen. But he is looking for that same Thing, the persistence, the insistence, the boldness. And sometimes, guys, in order to get your healing, you are going to have to press in and press in and press in and then press in and keep going. Sometimes when you want to get something from God, it's not enough to just be casual or just go, well, it didn't work, so whatever. Whatever it is you want from God, if you, if you really need something, He loves that. I don't know why He likes it, but He does. He loves us to press into him. He is good. He wants to bless us, but he's looking for a passionate heart. 
A passionate heart is a very exciting thing. It's a good thing when someone's excited about something. It's like, whoa, look at you. And God is pulling back because he wants us to press in and be excited about him. That's what he's looking for. He could bless us whenever he wants. And sometimes he does. Sometimes it's quick. But other times it's slow. And he's looking for us to be hungry. Are you hungry for God? Are you hungry to see him move? Like I, Sometimes like we can live. Sometimes it's like, oh, I can live with this. Whatever. I can live with this sickness. But I do want to see the glory of God. I want to see God. God's very amazing. That's sometimes why I want healing more than anything. Because I want to bring glory to him. I don't want to live in sickness anymore. It, it can also be obviously because we're uncomfortable or in pain or you know, obviously. But really, sometimes it's just that I want God so much. And we've got to, be, we've got to press in and we've got to move on and, and see what God's going to do. We've got to keep rejoicing. Just don't complain. If we want to go from that bitter place, that place of Elam, the place of palms, we need to not complain, not give up, but press in, rejoice, and go, I'm not letting go until God does something wonderful, till he does something wonderful. Maddie's father, I remember one time, he had, he, <laughs> he's had a lot of healings over the years. He was supposed to be dead a long, long time ago because he, um, he, he had cancer and he was very sick. And one time, a few years ago, he caught the flu from one of his grandchildren. And it was very serious because his immune system was not strong. And so he went into hospital, but it just got worse and worse. And then he went into intensive care. And uh, he was very close to death for about six days. So it was, it was serious. He, he was really not strong. And there was also a possibility of brain damage. So he, he wanted us to pray. So we were praying for him. And then he said this. He said one night he heard me praying. I wasn't in the room. He said, I heard Ruth's prayer. And it was as if the prayer was in the hospital room. Because he looked up. I wasn't there. But he heard me praying. He was in the spirit. And he knew from that moment he was healed. And he was healed. He gradually got better and he didn't get brain damage and tripped off to Perth now. <laughs> so praise God. It's so exciting. I just love that stuff. I'm like, when he told me, I was like, oh, cool. It's like my avatar went into the room, you know? Like, what was that? I, why was that? God could have done it any way he wanted. But I just think it all brings glory to God that these cool things happen when we pray that we visit hospitals that we don't visit and people hear us praying when we're in, you know, kilometres away. Very exciting. So let's press into this journey. Ultimately, we bring glory to God. When Lazarus was sick, Jesus sent a message. And the Bible says that even though he loved the family, he remained where he was for two more days before saying, okay, let's go. Let's go to Bethany where Lazarus was. And then they said, well, he's dead now. It's too late. <laughs> so they came and said, you've got to pray for Lazarus. He's your friend. He, and he loved Lazarus. He loved his family. But again, this time Jesus just hanging around, waiting. Why was he waiting? Why? And then he was, then they came and said, forget it. He's dead again. But then he said, no, let's go. Let's go. He said, he, he actually, Jesus said, Lazarus is dead now, but let's go. 
And then he said this, John 11.4, this sickness is not, will not end in death. It's for God's glory so that the son of God's son may be glorified in it. We don't know why he waits. We don't know why we have to press in. We don't know why we have to do this journey. But we do know that God deserves all the glory. And if God is waiting on any situation in your life, be assured it is so that God is, has more glory. And be assured that you're not going to give up until we see the glory of God. We want to see God do amazing things. So we're going to keep pressing in. We're going to be shamelessly insistent that God does something wonderful in our lives until we see healing, salvation, deliverance, whatever it is, because we want to see the glory of God. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.